everyone. I'm Dr. Lauren Cielo from Golden Rose Psychic Services. And I'm Crystal Heineman of Crystal Sunshine Psychic Services. And this is the Metaphysical Q&A podcast. Where we make metaphysics crystal clear. And golden delicious. <laughs> Metaphysical Q&A is a subscription-based podcast that will shift the way each human views the experiences that they're having here on Earth. Yes, as professional clairvoyant healers and teachers, Crystal and I think that we can explain everything that you experience in easily understood metaphysical terms. And our viewers and listeners supply the questions. That's you. If you'd like to submit a question, visit our website at www.metaphysicalqa.com or go to our Facebook page, Metaphysical QA. If we use your question on a podcast, we'll send you a free reading. Excellent. So, Crystal, what are the questions for this episode? I'm so excited. Okay, we have three great questions for today. So, question number one comes from Amanda J. in St. Louis. And Amanda asks, can a witch really cast a spell or curse someone? (laughs) Okay. Excellent. Question number two comes from Alia in Wisconsin. What are ghosts? And why do some haunt places? I know you have experience with that one. So question number three, are there demons and can they possess someone? That uh, That's asked from Thomas F. in New York City. All right. Well, Dr. Lauren, these questions seem to be um, of the supernatural kind of energy. So perhaps we'll call this one supernatural metaphysics. After you hear your answers, we may convince you that nothing is supernatural, that everything is metaphysical. (laughs) Excellent. I do think that we can explain all of these questions or phenomenon in easily understood metaphysical terms. So let's start with question number one. Okay. All right. So question number one comes from Amanda J. in St. Louis. Are you ready, Dr. Lauren? I am. Lay it on me. Okay. All right. Amanda asks, can a witch really cast a spell or a curse someone? (laughs) Excellent question. Okay. So we have to do definition of terms. First, we have to find out what a witch is. Then we have to understand what a spell is. And then maybe I can convince you of what Crystal and I think a curse is. So um, a witch is a practitioner or follower of the religion that's called Wicca. So hence, witch. It would be an analogy that you could probably wrap your mind around would be that a Catholic is a practitioner of the religion of Christianity. So it's exactly the same situation. It's just a religion. So if we talk about witches casting spells, Following that same analogy, we might say that um, a witch's spell is equal to a Catholic's prayer. It's just an intention that's sent out into the universe. I think probably the most interesting thing, and it gives us a chance to talk about the energy on an idea, because think of it. I wouldn't think that there are too many witches that are afraid of Catholic prayers, but even based on this, the fact that this question's being asked, I think there may be some, you know, Catholics or other 
followers of other religions or no religions that do fear witches' spells. So what Crystal and I might say is you've put a lot of energy on the fact that there are people in a certain religion sending out intentions. In one form, it's bad and scary and might have control over you. But then the pictures that you put on a, a Christian praying for you or a Buddhist or you know Hindu or any other religion, you don't seem to have that energy on it. So I think maybe one way to actually, I don't know, and maybe Crystal will talk about this a little bit more, but a way to heal your fear of witches casting spells on you is to release the energy that you've been programmed to think that in some way witches are worse or scarier than a, somebody who's praying for you. So that might be what I would say about spells. Now let's get to curses. Um, of course, in our line of work as psychics, a lot of times people come to us with the, um, you know, or relay to us that they've spent hundreds, even thousands of dollars trying to have a, a curse removed. Well, at the level of metaphysics that Crystal and I are hopefully showing you is there's not any curses. It's just your higher self signing contracts with other higher selves uh, to have experiences. And if you think the experiences that you're having with one certain person are, you know, curse worthy, <laughs> well, your higher self can take its name off the contract anytime it wants, Crystal. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And you know, and this brings home for me because my family hails from New Orleans, you know, homo voodoo and witches and curses and hexes. <laughs> and so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember being a little babe, you know, walking down Bourbon Street and going to, you know, Madame Trousseau's or, you know, whatever voodoo shop and, you know, and people really buying into curses and hexes. And, you know, there is a whole culture that is very much involved in this. So, um, so this is near and dear to my heart and you're exactly right. And the way that, um, and I've had clients that have come to me about hexes thinking that they are, you know, someone has casted a hex on them here in California. You know, I've had clients around the world who still think this and it's because like their life is kind of spiraling out, you know, it's like they, they're not really seeing the light in much. It seems that they're kind of running this energy where nothing really seems to work out so much. So where they think that they've been hexed. You know, and the way that I read this energy, a lot of the times if someone says they think they've been hexed, and so of course I'll just look into the energy, is very much a self-sabotage energy that your higher self is signing. You know, they're signing these contracts that you are agreeing to, to really learn a lesson in this spiral. However, I mean, it's very much self-sabotage. So what we do in our professional practice is hopefully try to pull you out of that spiral of the self-sabotage. And the way that we do that is we'll look into your spiritual contracts. You know, you have your higher self signs on to it. So let's update these contracts and, you know, carry the feather instead of the brick. So whenever I have a client that says, you know, is there really a hex on me? I, we, and I know Dr. Lauren too, is we will just take a peek at their spiritual contracts and see why the heck their higher self is signing <laughs> these really bad contracts to make them think that they're hexed. And uh, yeah, so that's how I read the energy. It's just energy. That's it. <laughs> Dr. Yeah. Lauren. Excellent. All right. Well, let's read question number two. Okay. All right. So let's get on with question number two. I'm ready. 
Okay, what are ghosts and why do some haunt places? And I just got chills as you're reading that, <laughs> <laughs> that question. So excellent. All right. Okay, so what are ghosts? Let's talk about that. Quite honestly, um, I've never seen a ghost per se. You know, I've never seen the energy of that. However, what I think ghosts are, and hopefully this will resonate with you, is, okay, so we all have this physical body, right? This, this physical body that I can touch. This is my monkey body. This is crystal right here. But then we all have a soul aspect of us, right? That's actually inside of this physical body, the soul aspect of us, the light body part of us. And the light body part of us, it go ahead, it, it pops out of body. You know, it, it'll come out those times where you go unconscious or when you go to bed at night and you think you're dreaming. It's really the light body aspect of you goes out there and starts astral traveling. I think everyone's heard of astral traveling, astral projection, putting their image of the light body out there. And so really when people see, they think they kind of see a ghost, it's very possible that it's just a light body that actually has a physical body here on the earth plane that just is astral traveling. It's the energy of that, that you just kind of caught a glimpse on. But I've never seen a ghost that's really stuck here, like what I think most viewers would think a ghost is. I don't know, Dr. Lauren, what, I know you've had some experience with this firsthand. What do you think? Yeah, well, I've had the chance to go to haunted places. And um, probably the first one I went to was a really haunted house here in San Diego called the Whaley House. And it's down in Old Town. And um, I was a novice psychic then. I was just, I probably was still in my uh, formal training. And I remember I was so excited. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to get to see a ghost. I'm so psychic now. I can't wait. And I remember cross, uh, cro crossing the threshold into the house and I instantly felt an energy grab my third chakra. So it was, uh, the third chakra is right at your solar plexus, you know, kind of hit, took the air out of me uh, like that when I walked in. And I was definitely attempting to shift my awareness so that I would perceive a ghost. I was actively trying to see one. Um, but I didn't. Um, I didn't really feel anything pass through my energy field. Um, but I did feel the third chakra getting turned down, like I said, when I when I walked in. Um, I wasn't uncomfortable, except for the fact that it felt some, like somebody was stepping on my, my solar plexus and diaphragm. And then right when I left and I crossed the threshold again, it let go. I was like, oh. Oh, I feel so much better, <laughs> but but I really didn't clairvoyantly see or kinesthetically sense or clairaudiently hear anything that would be uh, thought of as a ghost or maybe more appropriately what um, Crystal and I might call a being without a body. Um, my next haunted experiment is um, experience is I rummaged around in the bottom of the Queen Mary, and I mean the actual bottom. You you could see where the bow came together it was all rusted out, really creepy. 
um, I got a chance to do a VIP tour through um, the ha most haunted places of the Queen Mary. And um, again, it was pretty much the same. I was trying to focus my awareness to catch a glimpse of something I did not. Um, I do remember feeling a little bit unsettled and it, it's kind of interesting, the most unsettling place in, in the Queen Mary, for me anyway, was um, for a while, the Disney uh, Corporation owned it and the uh, Mouseketeers were in there and they did shows from the Queen Mary. And so I was in the part where they did the shows and it's all been built up so it, you can't really see the old rust. It's really in the bottom of the boat or ship, I guess, from the boat. Um, but it was all built out, so you couldn't really see that. You walked through this real creepy, rusty place, and then you walked into this, you know, built-out studio, I guess, or performing stage. And and um, there was one little room, and I'll, I would think it might have been maybe a 20-foot by 20-foot box that was there, and it's where the kids would change their clothes. It was the little changing room. And we went in there and the, all the lights were turned off. And, and I did feel nothing passed through me. I don't think Anki Yaya will let my healing master, I don't think he'll let anyone reach through my aura. But I could sense that the energy in that little box, I would almost say the atmosphere was different. Like you might want to pop your ears when you come out. Um, so those were, you know, two of the, I guess my most haunted experiences. And, and again, I, I like crystal. I have never seen in all my readings and this is just me. And after making this, I may, after saying this on the podcast, I may have to change, change it later if it happens, but in a reading or in a room or in a space, I've never talked to a being without a body who says I'm trapped help me. I, I need to get to the other side. I've never experienced that. So, um, but, um, so what do you think of that crystal? Oh my gosh. That absolutely resonates with me. And I love this discussion because I feel like we could go on forever. And you know what my healing master Sabu, he was reminding me of uh, my grandmother, she's since passed. And, um, however, she doesn't haunt me. She does come into my space. It's not a haunting, you know, she's a being without a body and she'll come in and guide me. And that's a difference between spirit guides, a being without a body and a ghost. Maybe that's a whole nother segment, but she actually was a medium where she did very much feel, you know, light bodies around. And they have this very, very interesting property up in Northern California, Trinity County, it's a very rural. I think it's um, the only county in California that has one stop sign, but it's the largest county. It's very, very rural. And they were tired up there. And their house actually was up on um, Native American uh, burial grounds. And then right next to it, there was a small Catholic church with a burial ground. So there was a lot of energy that was circulating around their property. And then right across from them, there was this huge estate. <clears throat> and I remember being a little kid. And each time I would walk by that estate, my grandmother and I both, we both had the site, as the Miss of Avalon would say, we both had the site. <laughs> and we would see up in the corner 
it's the same picture all the time was the old owner of the house passed away dead um sitting up there with a bun reading a book overlooking the window down on my grandparents property and i remember not being scared of it and my grandmother wasn't either she liked to you know she liked that sort of energy but it was always the same picture that that picture up there the old lady who had passed on a hundred years ago it never changed she was always in that window always reading that book, always looking down, but not looking at you, you know, just reading her book, looking down out of her window onto her property. Now, the way that I read that energy, and I think Lauren, you know, we've spoken about this before too, is it's not that she was a ghost. It's just a lot of energy up there. And it's the same picture. It's essentially like the same picture, like in a loop. You know, just like, you know, your film picture, it, it could be the same loop of energy that's just sitting up there. It's not that she's still there and she's stuck in that house. It's just a bit of energy that is just stuck in this loop and um, very fascinating. So I love that we were talking about this and those images came up and uh, yeah, fascinating stuff. Dr. Lauren? Excellent. Well, all right. Well, that brings us up to question number three. And this one comes from Thomas F. in New York. And Thomas asks, great question, are there demons and can they possess someone? Hmm. Well, Thomas, we've already kind of talked about um, beings without bodies. So let's back up for a second. And Crystal and I would try to convince you that there's only three classifications of beings. Beings with bodies, like me and you, beings without bodies like our guides and angels and then the supreme being whatever you think is the highest energy that you'll acknowledge so <clears throat> beings without bodies um if you were able to see them will take on what we call a valence or an appearance and i usually tell my students the easiest way to understand this is our protection beings don't look like bunnies. You wouldn't have a protection being uh, that you've contracted in with that takes the valence of a unicorn or a rainbow. No, it would be a bear or a monster or a warrior, right? And, and, and the reason is, is that if a being with a body happened to catch a clairvoyant glimpse of your protection being, it would be alarming, it, it would be startling, maybe even scary. Okay, so um, I have been reading at the time of this uh, podcast for um, a dozen years now, 12 years, and I have never seen a being that has scared me. Now, when I first look at them, right, they may look scary. They might, like I said, be a bear or something, but when I ask them to take away the valence and let me see what they really look like, they're always very angelic looking. Now, I guess another way of saying that is the contract that a being without a body signs with a being with a body, in that contract is stipulated the valence that the being will take, as well as the whole interaction between the being with a body and the being without a body. Now, 
where these contracts become non-beneficial is when the being with a body is what we call unconscious to these contracts. We don't know that we're working with these guides or angels or beings without bodies. Um, but some of them actually plug into us. So if we're talking possession, Crystal and I would call that channeling. Now, Crystal and I both channel our healing masters, but they only plug into the back of our hands, right? They don't plug into the crown chakra, and that's the big one. You don't really want anyone or anything plugging into your crown. That's your connection to the supreme being. So when somebody comes to us, and I've never had a client that's felt possessed. I don't know if Crystal has, but if we did, or maybe we had a client who thought one of their relatives was possessed, we would exactly go back to those spiritual contracts, see if whatever or whoever they're channeling is beneficial, update it. If it's not beneficial, see if it can be brought into present time. If not, then we try to motivate the higher self of the person who's possessed to cancel the contract, cancel the contract. And, and, and I, I don't know if we say this enough, Crystal, we do talk about our healing masters, but what I think our healing masters really are, are consultants, um, maybe therapists or cajolers to higher selves. It's like, I, sometimes I think higher selves don't really realize how hard it's going to be to live through the contracts it's signing. So again, our healing masters will go up at that very highest level and, you know, maybe do some counseling and guidance saying that, you know, in the case of someone who seems to be demonically possessed to maybe shift that contract and let, you know, let go of whatever the relationship they are having with that being without a body and find a way to bring it into something that's a bit more um, beneficial. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, my healing master, Sabu, he's quite the comic. And what he said was, there's a reason why there's a statement that says, well, it looks good on paper. <laughs> you know, I mean, our higher <laughs> Yeah, it looks good on paper. I mean, let me, sure, let me sign this contract, that contract, sure. And so we actually are living through it. Absolutely. And I think for, um, and I agree with you, I've never read anyone that is possessed. And my closest experience to what I think some people may think is possession would actually be possibly um, like a schizophrenic, you know, someone that is, or a multiple personality disorder, someone that the reality is, is they're just channeling multiple beings, you know, and it may feel like they're being possessed. It may feel like someone, something has taken over their body. Well, it's because they're channeling beings. That's what it is. And so it may appear to be possession, but in this earth plane, I think the best analogy or the best ex example would be a better word is to look at multiple personalities and you know schizophrenics and that's really what my vision of what my spirit guides say you know is closer to possession than actually possession and like dr Moran said it's um it is it's just about updating those contracts and we teach this in our training that the first part of our training and, and we spend a year teaching it is is 
dissolving unconscious contracts like that, that we really want to bring our students and our clients present into here now owning this body and consciously working through our contracts, consciously being. And so we really work at dissolving these unconscious, uh, unconscious channeling contracts. Now, after you know the year, year and a half of training, once you are a pro at dissolving your unconscious contracts, keep up with me. <laughs> There's actually an entire program of then purposefully contracting in beings and actually allowing, like consciously channeling and allowing your higher self to leverage these contracts. But that's some steps above. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Um, if we did read your questions, so the three questions we read, if you heard your name, if we read your question, would you please visit our website at www.metaphysicalqa.com and go ahead and click the free reading um, button. We'd love to offer you a free reading. And well, what do you think, Dr. Lauren? I don't know, Crystal. Do you think we did it? <laughs> I do believe we've done it yet again. We've made metaphysics crystal clear. And golden delicious. That's right. So please visit our website, www.metaphysicalqa.com, and please subscribe and submit your questions. And please visit me, check me out at my website, crystalsunshinepsychicservices.com. And check me out on the web, goldenrosepsychic.com and laurencielo.com. Bye for now. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Please hang up and try again.